I'll speak just, just from my spirit, uh, and I can cover pretty well what I was going to cover anyway. I want to just share about some laws of attraction. Now, I would have shared this message quite differently some time ago, and I would have called it cultivating the presence of God, because there are some ways that you can cultivate God's presence in your life, and you become aware and conscious of His presence. But those things that you do that cultivate the presence of God also attract people to you. Now, this is not an exclusive list, but it's some things. So, although we know the presence of God is everywhere, in Psalm 139 it tells us, uh, if I go to heaven, God is there, go to hell, the deepest parts, God is there. So, wherever we go, God is there. But that doesn't mean His presence is manifest. There are some things cause the presence of God to manifest. And when we say the presence of God manifesting, that means God's uh, presence there becomes tangible in some way. It affects your life. It, it does something for you. It shifts you or it changes you in some way. So we need to hunger for God's tangible presence. And there are a number of ways that the presence of God can show up. I believe one of the hopes we have as believer is the whole earth will be filled with knowledge of this. That means that great days are ahead for the church because God plans that His glory or His full nature, who He is, will be manifested through the lives of His people. And that's a great thing to look forward to, a great day ahead. So when when we start to experience the presence of God, the Bible describes some ways you will experience in Exodus 33. Exodus 33, uh, God said to Moses, uh, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So when the presence of God is operating in your life and you're conscious of God, one thing that happens is you move from anxiety to rest. Presence of God brings about a tangible peace in your life. And so much so in Colossians 3.15 it says, if you lose that peace, then start to worry because the peace of God is an umpire in your heart. When you've lost it or feel that there's something not right or you're, uh, you're, you're unhappy or uneasy inside, that's a sure thing you're moving out of the flow of God. So the presence of God brings us a rest or a peace. A lot of people live in tension, anxiety, because they're not living in the presence of God. To be living in His presence is to be aware of who He is, His provision for you. It brings rest in your heart. Many people are anxious and uptight. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, uh, uh, it says that in the presence of God is fullness of joy. So when you are conscious of the presence of God, one of the evidences in your life is you are joyful. That's not the same as being happy. Happy things outside you are going well. Unhappy, it's not going well. Joyful, it's within me. So no matter what's going on, I'm still joyful. There's something inside me. It's the connection to the reality of God. Many people have got very little experience of the reality. But when the reality of God is there, peace comes. When the reality of God is in your life, then there's a joy comes into your life. It's absolutely wonderful. In Acts 3.18 or 19, it says, uh, times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. So when you get in the presence of the Lord then there's a refreshing. And that means if you were having an asthma attack (gasps) and you took a puffer, then suddenly I can breathe again. So the the word that's used there is to breathe again, to recover your breath. Or in other words, to be revived, refreshed, come alive. 
We need that. The presence of God brings a, re- a reviving, a wonderful reviving in you. It brings you to life. It sets you alive. Suddenly there's enthusiasm and joy. Life has come because you're conscious of the presence of God. How we need to hunger for that. How we need to long for that. Do all we can to cultivate it in our life. The presence of God. So we walk and carry that presence, carry that joy. So there's a difference comes. I can tell in churches where the presence of God is, you can, the people are different. People are alive. There, there's a joy. There's a life. There's a, a, a responsive, responsiveness. There's a vitality inside. And one of the co- things we face in New Zealand, of course, is a passive culture and, and spirits of rejection. The cause, you won't get all heavy and I don't do anything. Listen, you've got to shake it all off and, and learn, allow yourself to come in and hold and carry His presence. So I want to share with you just some simple keys how that can be done in your life. And uh, each of these keys, the things is, all of these are practiced in heaven. They're practiced all the time in heaven. So as we practice them, literally heaven is coming to earth. So these are, and, and you find with God, the things of God are incredibly simple. They're not complex. It's, and it's in the doing of it that you experience its reality. We live in an information age, so your mind gets jammed with messages and this and that. And what is missing is the actual just doing what God shows you or brings revelation to you to do. And so there are a number of things that attract the presence of God. I'll give you one. Here's the first one. The first one is being authentic in the way you connect. Being authentic. In, in John chapter 4, uh, it tells us this. It says, The Father seeks people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that word truth means, in the original language, literally, to be without covering or concealing anything. That's another word for authentic. Something that's authentic is genuine. What you see is what you get. If you are being authentic, there's an authority when you're authentic. If you are a pretender, you don't carry any personal authority at all. You're not real. You're a fake. Think about that. If you are not convinced that you are loved by God, accepted by Him, and therefore free to be who you are, you'll try to copy someone else and pretend to be someone else. If you try to pretend to be someone else, you're not authentic. You're not real. There's an unreality. It's an image. And so many people today are cultivating a, a careful image, uh, uh, trying to present themselves as something, and so no one is attracted to that. No one is attracted to something fake or plastic. No one is attracted to something that's not authentic. You are attracted to the authentic. When you find someone being authentic, they are themselves, they're able to be free to be themselves, they're happy to be who they are, that is attractive. In heaven, there's no hiding. In heaven... There's no covers up. In heaven, who you are is seen completely. So everyone in heaven is authentic. Absolutely and totally authentic. You think about relationships with people. If you are not authentic, they're not attracted to you. If you are an authentic person, you carry personal authority. Because God stands behind you. You have substance in what you're saying and living out because it's real. And God endorses you. So the first thing I think in attracting the presence of God is to be authentic. So I need to be honest and open with him about failures, about successes, about what I feel. I need to come to him in an attitude of nothing is hidden from him. 
I'm not trying to be something. I come based on who he says I am in Christ. And what he says is, you are my son. You are accepted. You are loved. You are forgiven. So how should we come? Well, if you want to come into the presence of God or practice his presence, get your spirit stirred up because he's a spirit. God is a spirit. If I want to carry and practice the presence of God in my life, then pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. Let your inner man be stirred because it's out of that flow the presence of God moves. You pray in tongues, your spirit is praying, Holy Ghost is energizing your spirit, the life of God is flowing, and as you are authentically expressing that life, God's presence comes around you. So we can't, it never, God never comes without a reason, and He never comes without someone first doing something. So that's the first one. The second one is found in Psalm 100 verse 4. There are two keys there, and David started to, I thought he going to get away preaching on them. Anyway, he didn't, but I'll pick it up. And uh, here it is, Psalm 100 verse 4, it tells us about specifically how to come into his presence. So it says, let us come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Let's be thankful and bless his name. So here's key number two and three. Number two, show gratitude, express thankfulness. Now, this is an amazing thing. People overlook something so simple. When you're thanking someone, you are showing or expressing an attitude of appreciation. I value what you have done for me. So gratitude or giving thanks comes first out of an attitude of appreciation. I place a value on what you have done for me. It really means something to me and I want you to know thank you. I appreciate you doing that for me. And so one of the things that's characteristic, when you look at the language of heaven, when you read every encounter of of someone singing to heaven, you know what's always going on? Thanks. We give thanks to thee, O God, for thou hast redeemed us from all tribes and nations and made us kings and priests unto our God. We give thanks unto thee. Oh, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Everywhere in heaven, everyone is giving thanks to the Lord. So heaven is filled with gratitude. Now, if you think about human relationships, if you are ungrateful for the things people do to you or take them for granted, they are repelled from you. You think about that. Someone shows you ingratitude. They don't appreciate what you've done. You're not attracted to go near them again and help them the same way. In fact, you've got to overcome a negative feeling about the fact that they were not appreciative. Didn't seem to mean anything, the sacrifice that you made. They were ungrateful. They did not express thank you. And so you then have to overcome that negative attitude. You're not attracted. But when someone says thank you, it draws you to respond. Now, you can put this into practice. Very soon, you go to a checkout. Checkouts, people are often in a frenzy and everyone just wants to check out. And there's this poor girl on the counter there and she's got all of these things going on. And so it goes on. And so no one really notices her as a person. But, you know, very often it's quite a simple thing to do. You just go and look at the person and smile. Oh, thank you very much for helping me today. I really do appreciate you doing that. And suddenly the person lights up. It's like you stand out because you appreciated them. And you'd be surprised how when you practice gratitude for the little things that people do and for the things that God does, that it cultivates something around your life. Now, 
the words of thanks must come from a heart that is appreciative, not just non-authentic. So I found for a while, how many say grace at meals? Yeah, we kind of use even the word say grace, which is a very religious term, isn't it? Actually, what we're supposed to be doing is, or what we're called to do, is to bless the food and give thanks. So I found it was very easy to fall into just an attitude or into a way of praying. You know, Lord, bless this food. Thank you, Lord, for this food. Bless this food. Amen. Let's go. You know, and, and, I, and so a so little while, what I decided to do was this. I started to stop doing that and just, when it came, but just before I would eat my meal, just to stop and close my eyes and think how wonderful it is that I have a meal, how grateful I am to God that so many people don't. And here I have this beautiful meal and, and to allow my heart to actually really appreciate God has provided for me. And then I start to say some words. Your word, then you could just say, thank you, Lord. But that two words, thank you, Lord, are full of appreciation. So if we're going to thank someone, it needs to be quite specific. You thank someone for something. The Bible says, come into his presence with a thankful heart. Not only that, it tells us that the decline in people's relationship with God starts with lacking gratitude. Romans 1.21 tells us, it says, when they once knew God, they did not give him honor as God, neither were they grateful, and then they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart became darkened. Children that don't appreciate their parents and what they do, their relationship with their parents deteriorates. Think of a lot of mothers who have been hurt very deeply because all that they did, there were not a word of thanks. It was taken for granted. When you take what someone does for you for granted, you then now have become or got a sense of entitlement. Well, of course they did it. I'm entitled to it. Rather than actually taking the time to just stop and say thank you for that. And I, I would encourage us, if you want to put this law of attraction, start, it's such a simple thing, start to practice gratitude every day. And as you come before the Lord, start to think of the things he has done on your behalf, how grateful you are. Let the thoughts and feelings of gratitude rise up. Start to be specific. Oh, you'll attract his presence because the Bible promises he will. You know, it says that's how we come into his presence. Uh, then it says, uh, come into his presence with activity, enter his gates with praise. And, and with gratitude, we are honoring someone for what they have done for us. With praise, you're honoring the person for who they are. And praise must find an expression somewhere. So the word, uh, the, the key here is respect. Whatever you respect will be attracted to you. Whatever you disrespect will move away from you. You think of people who disrespected you. Were you attracted to them? I don't think so. I think actually you probably didn't go near them after that. When people disrespect you, it puts you off. When people don't respect you, then you don't have an inclination to be drawn towards them. It's a principle of life. People don't respect money, then money moves away from them. Whatever you respect will be attracted to you. So respect, the word respect is a word that means to look back uh, and, uh, in the, uh, and, and view someone's life and see what qualities are in there that you can highly value and then acknowledge those things. So to respect someone is to honor them or place value or to speak words that affirm who they are. Thanksgiving, what they did, respect, affirm who they are. Now, you start putting that into practice. 
The Bible tells us to come into God's presence and all of heaven is full of thanksgiving, glory and honor and thanks be unto you, O God Almighty. And you find it everywhere in heaven. You look through Revelation, you look through Isaiah, wherever you find someone accessed heaven, this is the sound of heaven. It is a sound of gratitude. It's a sound of praise and honor and respect. So these are principles of, or they're, they're part of the culture of heaven. So you make it part of your culture and you bring heaven and the presence of God around you. And it is such a simple thing to do, yet so neglected. Think of the people who have helped you Did you stop to say thank you? Think of the people who have contributed to your life. Did you stop to honor them, respect them, and thank them? See, think about that. We just take everything for granted. Everything for granted. If you're new in the church, you take for granted that there's a building here. But I know the people that actually stood up here and labored and built and put every part of this up. I know the people who gave. I know the, the, the difficulty we had when we had no money and we had to believe God and the bank said, no, you can't do it. You have to back it all up with your own assets and everything. And, and we believe God and stood. So I, I'm always thankful. I have continued to honor Jill Manning because her husband, Guy, was one of the ones who climbed the walls and painted every part of this building and every part of the other part of the other church and, and stood out of sight, never on the platform, but everywhere around doing something in the background. And there's many like that. And so today I continue to honor Jill because I remember what he has done and a way to honor him, even though he's not here, to honor his wife who is. You understand that? That's what makes me up, that I've learnt those things. And you put them into practice and things happen. When I went to Asia, uh, I found God gave me simple keys, three keys that would open up Asia for me. Very simple keys. I've just put them into practice forever and they all work. So, So we share these principles, being authentic. Number one, being authentic. Number two, be thankful or show gratitude and express appreciation. Number three, honor and respect. There's probably a couple of others. Let me give you another. Give me a moment. It'll come to me. <laughs> so these are, these are keys, very, very simple keys. Here's another one. Another one is to become responsive. You need to respond. If you want to enjoy the presence of God, respond to him. If you want to experience more of him, respond to him. Now to respond, another word for respond is to yield. And so it says in Psalm 95, it says, you know, he said, if you want to hear his voice, then don't harden your heart. In other words, remain soft and responsive. Mark 4, 24, it tells us if you respond to what God gives you, he will give you more. So you've got to be responsive in a relationship, responsive to people. So, uh, for example, if God is wanting to move in a certain way and you respond, you get more of them. So being responsive, you have a look in heaven and they're responsive to the lamb. All eyes are on the lamb, whatever he says or whatever he does, everyone flows with the lamb. They flow with Jesus. So if you are responsive, now you think about this, someone talks to you and then you make no response whatsoever, it draws them away. Wives would know that talking to your husband. You make no response <laughs> like that. There's no draw of communication intimacy. There's no desire to get close to someone who is just... <laughs> You know, and that's all the response you get. So being responsive is really important. So, so, you know, and, and sometimes the response of Kiwis can be very embarrassing. 
You ask them to go to a rugby match and they'll scream and shout and clap. You ask them to say, welcome to someone who's come into the kingdom of God. And they can barely clap. Hello? You got it all wrong. How, how can you expect God's presence if we don't respond to what he responds to? So, so the, every time you respond to God, you attract his presence more. So I, I've been to meetings, and I could see what God wanted to do. God wanted to bring a move of laughter and joy right through the meeting, and you could feel it starting to hit people, and they all went up tight and wouldn't respond. They said, well, you're not going to get anything that way. You've actually got to respond. There's got to be a, a letting go and yielding to God to respond to what you've just, he's sensing him doing. And when you do, then his presence starts to increase. So you may have your plan, I'm going this way, but God's wanting to do something else. So that affects every area. It affects the worship leading, it affects our prayer times, it affects everything. You just, you, as, you, as you start to feel and sense what God is on, change your plan and move on what he's on. In other words, respond to him. Not like carry on like, God, we want you to come, we want you to come. He comes I'm over here. And you say, no, we're going this way, this way. That's not going to get a movement from God. There's a response to him. You know, if God speaks on something in a, in a message and you feel good, one part of it really touches you, respond. If you want more of God, everything God gives you is in a seed. What you do with the seed determines the response. what happens. So when we respond to the little, God gives us more. And that's the same with people. Well, people share a little. You know, people in pain, they only give you a little bit of information. And if you respond to it, they'll open up their heart. And the the more you respond, the more they open up their heart. You've got to respond by listening and identifying what you're hearing and making a response to it. You know, someone said, you ask someone, hey, how you doing? Oh, not too good today. Oh, well, you know, my day's been a bad day, man. Not like my day. And, and you've missed the moment completely, you know. <laughs> Redirected the attention. But when we can just say, oh, tell me about your day. What's happened? You respond to the little they gave you. It opens up the relationship. They're attracted to you. These are not, they're, they're so simple. They're practiced in heaven, yet they're so deep. Here's the other one I nearly forgot. That one... Focused attention. Focused attention. If you want the presence of God, you must give him focused attention. Now, that works everywhere in life. You're trying to talk to someone, and they're looking around, or they've got their phone. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. That is not focused attention. That's divided. Now, and as for multitasking, that's nonsense. Research tells us that what happens really is this. Your brain switches from one task to the other. In other words, it's stopped being engaged in that task. It's now on this one, then it switches back again. So that means most of the time you're doing get 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 you're not hearing a word that's being said. That's why people have accidents, because they're not really driving, they just think they are. That's why they have a law to stop it, see? Just think about it, focused attention. So if you want to build intimacy with God and experience more of him, you have to be attentive to him. And give focused attention, it's a very simple thing. It means just you eliminate the distractions and you set your mind. And one of the best ways to do that, now with people, it's real easy. You want to give focused attention, look them in the face. That's the best way you do it. You just look a person in the face, look them in the eyes. So how do you do that with God? Well, you meditate. 
You close your eyes and you begin to meditate and, and allow yourself to imagine as the Bible describes them and to see the beauty of Jesus' countenance. You won't see it in anything more than maybe a mental picture unless God gives you a, a revelation of it, but it occupies your attention while you're engaging and worshipping Him. And that enables you to connect. No connection without focused attention. So these are very, very simple keys. They're practiced in heaven. In heaven, everyone is authentic, and it's a beautiful place. There's no liars, cheats, deceivers. There's no place for them there. Everything in heaven is authentic. It's real. It's real. So you want to carry the presence of God? Start being authentic and you're connecting with Him and connecting with people. You want to carry the presence of God in heaven? Heaven's full of gratitude. Everyone, everyone is looking at the Lamb. Everyone's attention is focused on Jesus. Everyone is thankful to Him for what He has done in advancing the Father's purpose. So start to become thankful to God, thankful to people. Practice it. Every day this week, look for people that you can say thank you to. Write them a note. Express appreciation. Look them in the face. Uh, In heaven, uh, it's full of praise, respect, and honor. So you see everywhere in heaven, there's honor, glory, and honor, and thanksgiving. Be under thee, O Lord God Almighty. And so we want to have the atmosphere of heaven. Start then giving honor, honor to God, honor for who he is. I just love you for who you are. It was a long season of my ministry. I was seeking him for what he could do. Now I just seek him for who he is. The ministry part will just come. Don't worry about that too much now. I'm more interested in engaging him and getting to know him. I'm so hungry for him. An interesting thing, if you're going to grow in the presence of God, there's some things you've got to eliminate so you can give them the undivided attention. So maybe you've got to cut a few things out of your life and start to put music on and start to build an atmosphere around you where you can enjoy and experience God more. Start to honor God. Start to honor people. Start to respect people. Here's a, and then give focused attention. Instead of being all over the place, when you're with someone, be present and give them undivided attention. They will be attracted. Just be present. Don't be thinking somewhere down the road, man, this is a big problem. Come home from work. You're still at work. Your wife's talking to you and you're still back at work. Just give focused attention. On the way home, all you do is simply this. You begin to think about your wife, how beautiful she is and how, how you're looking forward to being at home. And all it takes is about 10 minutes of focusing your thoughts and your heart will go where your thoughts go. And you're present. When you're with people, give them undivided attention. These simple things, aren't they? And the presence of God comes. Why don't we just the last minute, in one minute, why don't we just stand? Just stand and just while the musicians just play there. I love you just for a moment. To, to start to express appreciation. There's a huge crowd turned out today to honor soldiers who died. And it's right to do that. It's right to give that honor. People who gave their life for our nation. Somehow that seems a bit more real to many people. But what is more real and more important is the person Jesus Christ who gave his life for the world. Do you remember your life without him? The turmoil, the emptiness, the trouble, the difficulties, the uncertainties, the pain, the lack of hope. And then Jesus 
made himself known to you. Probably through someone sharing with you, someone praying for you. Who is that person that helped you come to Christ? Did you thank them? They probably had many tries to get you to church. And then finally you came and came to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You kept giving them grace. They persevered. They didn't give up. And we were saved. Jesus, we want to honor you. For what you have done for us. And for who you are. Kind. Loving. Generous. You're full of loving kindness. Full of tenderness. Full of strength. Full of truth. Full of amazing courage. Incredible determination. Lord, we just honor you. We set our mind and heart on you right now. And just in this moment that it's quiet and you become conscious of the presence of God, what is he wanting to say to you? What has he already said to you? Are there areas you need to become more authentic and stop covering up and start to become more real? Are there areas that are so damaged you've had to keep them covered and you need to get healed? Are you a person who's ungrateful, ungrateful to your parents, ungrateful to your spouse, ungrateful to those who serve you, taking everything just for granted as an entitlement? My observation over many years now is people that are rooted in pride and entitlement never say thank you. It's not in them to do it. But heaven is like this. Heaven is thankful. Is God speaking to you about honoring people? Start to look at them differently through the eyes of respect. Man, it's not easy to do that. You've got to choose what you focus on. Some people are nasty people. And so you have to choose to recognize they're a damaged person made in the image of God and there's still value in them. They're a frightened person. They're a self-centered person. Never experienced the love of God. Has God been speaking to you about focused attention? Has he been speaking to you about responding? How will you respond to today? Lord, we say amazing grace. We feel your presence. As we remember those who fell for our nation, sacrificed their lives, and honor them and thank you for their sacrifice, we honor you for your sacrifice. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we commit to living a life that honors and is worthy of the sacrifice you made on our behalf. Jesus. Just keep your eyes closed a moment. Pastor Dave was asking just about 
Here's some of the keys as to how things have grown so greatly for me overseas. It's all grown through relationships. It's grown through simple things. God just told me to respect the people. Understand how they think. Don't try to change that, but work with them. He taught me just to love people. Just love them. And he said, serve. Just serve. No matter how much they demand, no matter how hard it seems, just serve. Say yes and smile and and I'll help you. So now God's given me access to billionaires, politicians, musicians, musical artists, people in ministry, television, all over. But it doesn't impress me. I say, Jesus, you have all the honor, all the glory. It all goes to you. I just love you and I want more of you. What could your life be if you just said yes more to Jesus? Responded to him. If he said, God, I'll lay my life down. I remember doing that on more than one occasion. Building an altar. When I took on 25 children and gave up a career in financial security and started a school with 25 children and virtually vanished off the face of the earth into a small town, I remember saying to the Lord, if this is what you've called me to do for the rest of my life, I'll just do it. I remember friends from university mocking me. What's happened to you? I remember others saying, what about your career? I remember others laughing, showing off how much wealth they had. I said, Jesus, I'm just so thankful I can serve you. And one by one, over a course of time, I got to meet up with some of these people again. Some I had to help them financially. Some I had to pray for them. Some had lost their way completely. No one had the blessings I had. The blessings of following Jesus. Who gave his life for us. I encourage you to do the same. Give your life for him. And that will always mean he will take you to people. It will take you to people to serve people. Your assignment is people. When you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to going to people and bringing hope to them and love to them and representing Christ to them. Our nation needs more people to say yes to Jesus without reserve and say yes to carrying his life to people. We can go to the cenotaph and thank God for everyone who died in a war. 
that we face a spiritual war here. And God still needs people who lay their life down and say, God, send me. Father, we thank you. We just pray what you've done in our life today will grow and multiply, touch others. Why don't you give someone a hug just to finish up? And maybe there's someone you need to say thank you to, someone you need to appreciate, someone you need to go and honor.